got TW Takes in the house. TW Takes, what's up? TW Takes podcast. That's Terrible Wrestling Takes podcast. So we'll go through all the monikers. The, uh, the man himself. Bishop over at TW Takes podcast. Absolute legend. He is an Irish New Yorker. Big up Bishop. Bishop <laughs> TW Takes. Shout out to Bishop on that one. Bishop from TW Takes. Matt Bishop from TW Takes. Shout out to TW Takes. TW Takes. Mr. TW Takes. TW Takes. TW Takes. TW Takes. TW Takes. And Takes. TW Takes. Bishop has, you know, on terrible takes. TWT Takes. Terrible wrestling takes. Bishop's terrible wrestling takes. Strictly for Bishop. Shout out to Terrible Wrestling Takes. Cheers, Bishop. TW Takes podcast. Him and his wife, Mrs. TW Takes. We got Mrs. Takes here as well. My wife. Mrs. Takes. She's the sleeper hit. So good. Thank you, wife. Shout out to Mrs. TW Takes. It's a fun back and forth. Such a small part, but so effective. I'm telling you, that's my go-to podcast now. TW Takes. You want here? Terrible Wrestling Takes. Bishop from Terrible Wrestling Takes. Bishop, everybody needs to be listening to you, brother. Bishop, say hello. Oh, shit. Here we go. Back at it. Back in the booth. Back at whatever. Back to rinse and repeat and run it back like raw. Man, it's been a while. I miss the microphone. I say that every time I take a break like this, but I really do. It's, uh, you know, it's a grind, and the grind is real, and I'm trying. So I'm here now, but uh, let's get some some formalities out of the way. Uh, my video is done. I'm not doing video unless it's uh, watch-alongs. Uh, it, it just makes everything easier to streamline it and keep it watch-alongs. May do it if I ever do guests and shit like that again, um, but I'm just not going to do it, not going to focus on it. So I picked the wrong week. To officially end the Wednesday Night Wars, I think we just call it a truce. Myself and AEW will not be broadcasting live Wednesday night, 8 p.m. We've ended the Wednesday Night War in a truce. Uh, we will be doing watch-alongs, though. That will happen. Um, maybe potentially some AEW watch-alongs, too. That'll be, uh, that'll be dope. It just depends on, you know, some other things that would have to coincide with that. Um, other than that, TWTakesPodcast.com for all links to everything tbtakespodcast.com slash twts for the international audience my friends across the pond i have added an international shipping button and really all it is is just a ten dollar item to add to anything it's just going to help offset some of the shipping costs like dead ass most shit to go across seas is 40 bucks to ship for me when it comes to t-shirts and shit like that so if you want t-shirts or anything like that hit the button twice in a quantity option actually you know what i gotta put that option on the website hey by the time this goes out the the button will be up but click the international shipping two times for t-shirts so if you want one two three four five ten whatever doesn't matter uh it, you, it's going to cost around 40 bucks for me to ship it put two of those shipping options on there for 20 bucks we'll split the shipping no big deal i'm telling you my profit margin is nil on these shirts and that that's not even the issue um honestly i've been tra- tracking the analytics of the website i look through everything i'm getting hits from bulgaria shouts out india shouts out australia shouts out i haven't checked shipping to australia i have no clue what it would take to ship it there um there's been uh italy uh over in england ireland scotland um where's the other one denmark so a lot of you guys out there i don't know if they're all listeners because anchors analytics are all crazy but either way i put an international shipping on there all items that are not t-shirts add a ten dollar one time for those items and i'll ship those to you not a problem 
Uh, it just helps offset some of the costs to get it over there. Why not? I should have done it like this earlier. Uh, I was looking at a way to, you know, kind of make it fair for everyone. At this point, it doesn't even matter. I just want the shirts and the items to be in the hands of other people. You guys support the show. I'll use that money to upgrade equipment, uh, reformat the studio, get new merchandise that I can ship out, uh, maybe not do new merch and go full Teespring. Shouts to Justin Time 211, order from the Teespring site. Appreciate you, my dude. Uh, so, yeah, any international listeners out there, if you want to order something, just add that international thing uh, once for items that are not t shirts, twice, please, for items that are t shirts. Like I said, I'll just help offset the cost of shipping it out to you. Other than that, um, you know, just check out all the links, subscribe. Oh, as well, I'm trying to get the 600 followers on Twitter so I can do Twitter spaces. I want to do Twitter spaces so I can do live audio podcasts on Twitter and we can, we can chat back and forth. I can invite speakers in who have straight up live terrible wrestling takes and we can do twitter spaces live and i can rip that audio for podcast form so it'll be just like doing any zoom call for anything but instead of it being an organized date and time to have people sync up and all that shit i'll just let you guys know when i'm activating twitter spaces you come on over you got a terrible take we can talk about it i got a terrible take and you want in we can talk about it i have no problem doing that uh, while i was thinking about this i really am considering myself the world's most interactive podcast look i don't have many listens i don't have many follows but at the end of the day everyone i talk to fucks with me and we fuck with the same content whether it's a good take a bad take a terrible take does not matter we love going back and forth on this shit and i let y'all know on the show miss amanda jane out there in la la land doing doing her crazy shit talking her shit all day long on me i love it absolutely love it thank you for getting a shirt much appreciated yeah, um, fucking Justin Time 211 went from Twitter co-host to on-air co-host to the curator of our side of the IWC, has been on multiple podcasts since. I mean, breaking down that door and making this an interactive venture has been an unwritten goal of mine. I did not realize that calling it Terrible Wrestling Takes and giving credit to those on Twitter would turn out to be this community that we ended up having. So, shouts to that broken door that we completely ripped off the hinges as a community. Our side of the IWC is fucking on fire. I had a spat with the other side of the IWC. If y'all want to hear about it, go to Twitter and read it. I had too much anxiety trying to go through the whole thing. And then I realized this is exactly why we have our side of the IWC. So fuck all that shit. I'm not worried about any of that. We are going to continue to do what we do. And we're going to knock this shit down. We are going to continue terrible wrestling take after terrible wrestling take after terrible wrestling take letting you know who's the real big dog who's the tribal chief who runs shit in this podcast game and it's us as the community so shouts to everyone out there tvtakespodcast.com for all platforms tvtakespodcast.com slash twts promo code twtakes get you 25% off your first order Check out Good Cop, Bad Cop for their promo code. You can use it multiple times. Just go and listen to my guys. And hey, maybe they shut out the promo code. Maybe they don't. Check out Wrestling on the Rocks. Gave them a promo code. Go listen to them. Use their promo code whenever they uh, whenever they decide to, to say it. If they don't say it, they don't say it. If they do say it, they do say it. But you got to listen to get that promo code. And you can use those over and over again. I will be changing them up here and there just to make sure that we're still interacting as a community. So get on there. Order some merch, get your promo codes, TW takes for 25% off your first purchase, and then you got to go listen to my homies to make sure that you get your promo codes from them as well. So 
like I said, check out Good Cop, Bad Cop. Check out Wrestling on the Rocks. My guy Marsh, uh, producer lady, Kevlar, even that clump guy, Miss Amanda Jane, guest co-host just in time, 211. Uh, Good Cop, Bad Cop, Matt and Graham over there doing exemplary work. And then, of course, shout out to my other homies out in the podcast game. Haven't given you a promo code yet because we haven't talked about it. And to everyone's defense, I didn't talk about it with anyone else. I just handed out promo codes. So anyway, let's jump into the episode. Um, I do appreciate everyone reaching out, seeing what's up. It's all good. It's just a matter of sitting down and getting it done. Uh, It's fucking eight minutes into this episode. Let's talk about some fucking wrestling, all right? I have been watching. I have been taking it in. As I always do, I see what's on TV, and I take it in. I don't fantasy book. I don't tell you what you should be doing, what should have been done. I let you know that what's on TV is either dope or not dope, and that's where we are right now. So as I said to start the show, Raw, rinse, repeat, run it back. They said run it back on Raw so many fucking times. I was like, you know what? You're right. That's what Raw does. They said, let's run it back because they fucking run it back. So as we get through the card, uh, I'll let y'all know, run it back style, you know, how I feel. But I mean, hey, it is what it is, right? Um, Before we definitely jump into Raw, though, uh, Adnan Vert got released. And, you know, I'll tell you, it, it happened on Tuesday right after raw and i felt like this raw was his best raw it was his best showing where he let byron and Corey carry the load and he had his his fill-ins i never liked his tone though his voice tone on raw never hit for me and i just thought it was a bad fit i mean i called it out early on that you know it's only a matter of time it, it just wasn't it wasn't a good fit he's a better desk jockey no offense to the term but if he's if he was anchoring like renee used to and passing it back and forth, give you some analytics, let it go to someone else, that's fine. But play-by-play, play play, not his thing. Uh, that that lead anchor for a commentary desk, not him, okay? When you have someone like Corey who is heel uh, color, and you have someone like face, uh, 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 Byron who's face color commentary, you... You, you have a good dynamic already. You just need someone to steer the ship. That's a Todd Phillips. Todd Phillips, is, he's phenomenal at that. Michael Cole even gets too crazy at play-by-play. Corey can do that fill-in-the-gap play-by-play as well. He's the one calling out Ken Sasha and Falcon Arrow and things like that. Um, the in-between stuff is, you know, what, where the bread and butter comes from for at least entertainment so that's why Corey's so good. So you can put an amateur with him. That's why I love the pairing of Michael Cole and uh, Pat McAfee on, on SmackDowns. I mean, they do an outstanding job because at the end of the day, when you need a punch in the gut or a a, uh, a, a fireworks in your brain, like, oh, shit, that there's Pat McAfee to say some shit or stand up at the desk and be, be his character, uh, which is fantastic, which is fantastic. So that's why they work great together. I'm, I'm curious to see who's going to come out. On Raw, I'm voting for Tom Phillips. I've seen some people out there looking for Sam Roberts. It all makes sense. I mean, you need someone experienced in the the middle of a commentary booth to uh, to get it done. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but shouts to Adnan. At least he ended on a high note. Because I'll say this. I enjoyed his last show. He wasn't a takeaway or a distraction from Raw. And he was the first couple weeks. That's That, that was obvious. So... Shouts to Adnan. Thanks a lot. Um, I'll catch you around. 
like I've, I said, when you first showed up, I always enjoyed your Oscar coverage. I think he does a fantastic job at breaking down movies. Um, and everything else he's done uh, post-ESPN, uh, shouts. All right, so Raw itself had a shit ton of rinse and repeat, but some dope shit as well. Um, I thought Kofi versus Drew was pretty damn fucking good. And I think what's going to end up happening here, and I hope, I hope this, and I, it's fingers crossed, but we'll see. When the Hart Foundation did their thing, even with like Owen and Davey as tag team, um, it was always an emphasis on the group doing things individually as well. And I'm wondering if that's what we're going to get. Keep the new day intact, minus Big E, of course, but have the individuals still put in work and carry their weight. Kofi, to me, is literally, honestly, this is just what I'm seeing on TV. It's like a year away from being Randy Orton territory where he's so undeniable in the title scene just based on match quality. Whatever it is that Kofi's doing, or at least maybe that's just what his title run was two years ago, and call it a terrible wrestling take if you want, Kofi is such a main event star. He is so solidified on the microphone for one. But in that match against Drew, he took it to Drew, and his offense was so undeniable that I thought he was going to win. I thought he was going to win. I even thought he he was going to beat Bobby without distractions the week before. And he beat Bobby with Drew's help. Okay, then, you know, they do the caveat that, you know, because this match ended in a DQ with Bobby that uh, Bobby can't interfere. He's suspended for 90 days. Presentation-wise, no, I, I think McIntyre wins. Okay? Quality of wrestling-wise... Kofi's taking it to everyone he's in the ring. I think he wins the match. That's what my heart and eyes are telling me. But the feeling in my brain about the way it's presented, Drew is always right there. It's very Charlotte Syndrome. Now, I saw someone on Twitter get chewed out for saying that Drew is Charlotte. But it's getting to that territory where Drew is now there for the sake of instead of there because of. And that's always the issue with Charlotte. Is Charlotte bad? No. Is Charlotte presented in a way where we don't believe some shit? Yeah. All the time. Same thing with Drew in this instance. Drew shouldn't be there. We don't need it. Rinse and repeat. Drew in the title scene. Rinse and repeat. Drew in the title scene. And it hasn't paid off. It hasn't paid off. And here's the thing. If Kofi beats Drew, do you think that automatically gives him the win over Bobby? No. The way they built Drew by beating Goldberg, by beating Brock Lesnar, do we have do we have that champion or that contender that's so strong, so built up? You know, people who are saying that Brock Lesnar should have never broke the Undertaker streak. I get it. I didn't want it either. But, you know, looking back on it, because I came back into it after it was broken, looking back on it. No, nobody should ever broke it. Shit like that's dope to have. But since Brock Lesnar broke the streak... He has never lost the credibility behind breaking the streak. If he came back and stood in front of Drew McIntyre, how do you feel? Like he's going to whip Drew McIntyre's ass, right? Drew McIntyre doesn't hold that cachet, and he beat both of them in a calendar year. So who do you think? Who do you think Drew can lose to that you automatically is going to win the title? And it's nobody. Nobody. Drew's value has not been upgraded since he won the championship. 
So Drew being there doesn't help anybody. So if Kofi loses to Drew next Monday, we will not feel like Drew is going to win. We will feel like, oh, here comes Drew again. If Kofi wins, we're not going to feel like Kofi's going to win because Drew isn't strong enough that a win over Drew means you're going to beat Bobby Lashley. So why is Drew still there? Now, if Nikki Cross, instead of facing Ray Ripley, faced Charlotte and beat Charlotte, not only beat the clock, but beat Charlotte within the two minutes, is Nikki Cross stronger? Absolutely. Do you think Nikki Cross has a shot at Ray Ripley? Yes, you do. And there's actually a fundamental difference between Charlotte and Drew. They developed a weakness properly in Charlotte that they ruined this past Monday, by the way. I'll get into it in a little bit. That they haven't done with Drew. Drew's weaknesses are his strengths. It's the same fucking thing. He's such a blah character that you don't believe it. You don't believe a loss if, if, if fucking anyone, if swap it, right? Xavier Woods. Let's say Xavier, let's say Kofi Kingston can't face Drew on Monday. Xavier Woods goes into the match and says, I'll win. I'll beat him. I'll face Bobby. If he beats Drew handily, one commercial break. And Xavier Woods gets the win. No shock, no surprise, no bullshit, no awe. Just straight wrestling. Xavier Woods, right opportunity, perfect storytelling, wins the match. Do you think he's going to beat Bobby? You don't. That's how weak the character of Drew McIntyre is. And that's what I've been talking about since fucking before WrestleMania. That's all I'm saying. So anyway, I definitely think they're doing a good job with Kofi. His presentation, period. He's so legit that within a year, if they continue this road of Kofi being in these singles matches of high importance, by this time next year, we will be looking at uh, Kofi Kingston as a made man. Made man. Miz level made man, except actually on the championship level. If Miz tomorrow wanted to go up against Sheamus for the IC title, do you think he's going to win? He might. You know why? Because that's the Miz and that's what he does. That's what I'm talking about. But I'm talking next level up, championship level. So that's Randy Orton status. You put Randy Orton in a match, you go, man, shit, Randy might win this. Why? Because that's Randy Orton. So if we get a Kofi might win this because that's Kofi and he has one title instead of 14, that's pretty damn impressive. That's pretty damn impressive. So shouts to Kofi. All right, I'm, I'm fucking rambling on this shit, but I think it's important. I think Kofi being that important is important. Uh, Woods and Riddle, I wanted to put the New Day back to back to back because, like I said earlier, I think the way that they're structuring this stuff they're showing us how strong the New Day is, separate, but also together. They got each other's back, but they also go do their own thing. I thought the match between Woods and Riddle was fucking outstanding. I thought it was a great match. I was glad to see Woods get into a wrestling match. I said this a while back. It may have been, may have been sometime, I don't know, around Survivor Series or whatever, but some kind of tweet went out, and I said, Woods is... The perfect combination of Big E and Kofi put together. As great as Big E is with power, as great as Kofi is with speed, Woods is that together. He's not great at either one, but he is the perfect blend of both. And if he had the opportunity to do his own thing for a year, is he not believable in any mid-card title? Would he not then, a year or two after that, be believable at any upper-tier title? A thousand percent. His in-ring acumen is that good. 
They're fucking 10-time tag team champions, 11-time tag team champions, whatever it is. Not not for no reason. As funny and entertaining or whatever that Woods is, in the ring, he is that good. Now, Riddle did get the win. It was a fantastic match. The Undertaker spot where they're inverted and flipping over, flipping over, flipping over was fantastic. I thought they, they, I mean, just the chemistry alone. I'll tell you this. I tell you this. And this is a fucking compliment to Xavier Woods. This, to me, was one of Riddle's best wrestled matches. Move for move, chemistry for chemistry, however you want to call it, lock up for lock up, hold for hold. This was one of his best wrestled matches on Raw. I know he had great ones in NXT, uh, Thatcher and the Fight Pit and all that stuff. He had some really good matches, but this one on Raw, just technical top to bottom, was fantastic. Um, the German suplex from outside the ring to inside the ring was top notch. Um, like I said, the Undertaker spot, flip over flip. I mean, it was just so fucking good. But all the existential shit in the in, you know in the in between was so good. They were they honestly. Honestly, it was as if they wrestled several times before, and they knew what each one had in the tank. Then, of course, the RKO out of nowhere was awesome as well. Um, Here's the thing, too, right? He misses the RKO and then grabs the back of Wood's head, pulls him down, and then they both lay out. Fantastic. Speaking of, speaking of, there was a gift that went around on on, on Twitter a couple days ago, and I said it. Fucking... Randy Orton, when he RKO'd Stacey Keebler, the greatest sell of all time. She's six foot something in heels. They're kissing about an inch apart. He's six four, six five, so she's about six three in heels. She took an RKO better than anyone, and shot the Beth Phoenix because she was tops to me because I've never seen that one. Stacey Keebler's fucking sell of an RKO, fantastic. The layout on the RKO. And then the way she laid on the mat afterwards, a thousand percent. Stacy Keebler, flowers all day long, flowers. So I, anyway, let's move on. Um, I talked about it earlier. Uh, Nikki Cross in a two-minute match. It was against Rhea. Charlotte had said some shit back in stage, and they blah blah blah. They came out later, and Rhea had to do a two-minute challenge. And basically, she was like, "Fuck the challenge. I'm just going to beat up Nikki." And Nikki won the match because she lasted the two minutes. Okay, great. Charlotte came out afterwards. And blew up the spot uh, because nobody's supposed to care about Rhea, right? Um, I like the fact that Nikki is continuing to be involved. They gave her camera time during the Lumberjack match. They're giving her um, this two-minute segment plus the uh, uh, before and after the match on on camera. So let's keep this up. But again, my Nikki is want to play Nikki. So let's get there. <laughs> I would much rather see want to play Nikki than any of this stuff. But she is fantastic, and her in-ring work is awesome. Um, I can't wait to see it again. So keep it up, Nikki. Uh, let's see where we go from here. After the match, though, they had Charlotte versus Asuka. Again, Raw, rinse, repeat, run it back. This is exactly what they did. I mean, Charlotte versus Asuka again, right? And here's the thing. At the end of the match, Adnan goes, Oh, and by the way, Charlotte won that match. It means she gets to go to Hell in a Cell. And I'm like... That's how fucking bullshit this is. That's how bullshit this is. They had a perfect opportunity after Charlotte losing last week to lose again this week. Had she lost back-to-back weeks, you start you start to gain the swell of the character behind the presentation on TV. I'm so good. I'm so good. I lost. Oh, I lost because of this. I lost because of that. Start with the excuses. No. 
She ends up fucking winning. I'm watching the match, and I tweeted out. I go, this is the best working of the knee Charlotte has ever done. She's working the knee. She's doing this. She's doing that. And then she fucking breaks out the fucking Bret Hart springboard squat to the knee. I said, son of a bitch. That's, that was my favorite, one of my favorite spots as a kid. If Bret Hart would put your fucking ankle on the ro- bottom rope, he'd springboard up, sit on your knee. He's working that knee down so when you lock in the sharpshooter, it's over because that knee's getting worked. Knee's getting worked. Knee's getting worked. And again, that was my fucking problem about uh, WrestleMania, what was it, 33, 34, New Orleans 2. Um, hey, let's work the arm the whole match. Oscar can't use the arm for the Oscar lock, but as soon as I get the figure eight in, boop, it's done. No, work the fucking knee. So I was like, dope, they're working the knee. This is going to be tough. Either Oscar's going to overcome and we'll get a powerful win for Oscar, or of course, Charlotte's going to win figure eight. It's over. No, no. Charlotte wins the Shane away, Roddy Piper, Bret Hart, call it what you want, submission into a pin. As opposed to work the fucking knee, lose to the tap out. What the fuck? What is going on? Why Why do we have logic sitting right in front of us and then go, nah, we're good. Do something else. That's the problem with Charlotte. That's the fucking problem with Charlotte. She had a chance to lose. It not hurt the character. Actually build it up more. Okay, that didn't happen. Then she's going to win. Oh, she didn't win with the figure eight while working the knee in the fucking match. I'm stupid, I ain't that stupid. Come on. Come on. We've been watching wrestling for so long. The reason why we watch is we want to buy in. If Tony Stark started flying without the Iron Man suit, we'd go, well, this is stupid. Fly with the suit. Iron Man 3. This guy saves all the people from the airplane. The suit gets hit with the fucking bus. And I I sit up like, oh my God, what the fuck? Oh, he was controlling it remotely through glasses. Like, not to get off tangent, but what I'm saying is, is there's ways to hook people, give you a reason to give a shit, and then execute properly. But when they pulled the rug out from underneath us, doing that, a la Iron Man 3, or name the movie that resonates with you, when you pull that rug out from underneath, you don't do it by the wind happening by the same person. Doesn't make sense, because that's anti-hero. That's anti-hero. Trying so hard, trying so hard, couldn't do it. Oh, did it the other way. Okay. Dope. No. Charlotte's working the knee. If she's going to win, have her win with the knee because there was nothing else Asuka can do. Now you're telling me that Asuka's stupid. Asuka's fucking dumb. That's what you just told me. She's dumb because she had the submission locked in. She got pinned. Okay, that's it. There's nothing else she can do. No. Her fucking knee hurt. Actually have Charlotte lock in the dumbass figure eight. And be the win. No? No, that's not good enough? Okay. Oh, by the way, she's facing Ray Ripley at, at Hell in a Cell. Like, that's how the announcement was. Come on, man. Come on. And another rinse, repeat, raw bullshit. Uh, Shelton and Cedric, who have been doing better and better mic work. So, shouts to, like I said months ago, Time on TV. They were doing with the women. Now, Shelton and Cedric have it. They both have pretty good uh, mic time. Uh, the package was pretty good as well. Really good match. But it was a run it back for what? Where we go from here? A good TV match. You know, again, we got to fill in the space. That's great. But what's next? Mm, I don't know. Are we going to get more? Hopefully not against each other. So what's next? 
Mm, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so what do we do? What do we do? All right. We saw it. Uh, another raw rinse repeat run it back. Sheamus versus Carrillo. Again, another really good TV match. Sheamus win, but he pulled the tights. Why? I mean, it wasn't for the title, right? It's like, come out and beat me. I don't know. Uh, Ricochet came out afterwards. They did a... Uh, uh, Ricochet and Umberto did a moonsault off. Who can do the best moonsault? Oh, speaking of, Charlotte with the homage to her man in the sheets. Andrade, she did the moonsault and then moonsault uh, uh, layout on top of Asuka. That was pretty good. Um, but again, it is what it is. So they... We, again... Ricochet Carrillo, they had that, but I don't know where it's going, right? They didn't allude to the fact that there's going to be, like, a triple threat match for the U.S. title or anything like that. It was just kind of, uh, Sheamus is a bully. Here's two people he bullied getting back at him. Uh, so I guess we got to tune into Raw to see what happens next. Um, the last Raw rinse and repeat that we got, uh, was a women's tag match. They've been bouncing back and forth with, uh, Nia and Shayna and Natty and Tamina for the last couple of weeks. That's fine. It's, it's definitely fine because it's newer, but when it comes to tuning in, we want to see something different. This isn't something different, okay? Um, I thought it was dope that Shayna and Natty got a good amount of time together to kind of just go back and forth. But the story and purpose for having this match was Reginald. It seems like, number one, Alexa Fiend agrees with Shayna that Reginald's a problem. Okay, I'll buy into that. But why? Why are they on the same side, especially when Alexa attacks Shayna first, right? That was the thing where she's sitting at the top of the stage, Shayna's knee starts to buckle, all that shit, but then Reggie caught the flames to the eye. Well, at the end of this match, Shayna uh, stops Reggie from fucking getting involved, sends him up the ramp. He gets to the top of the ramp, <laughs> flames go up, it's fucking dope. Reggie comes tumbling down, all that shit. Natty and Tamina win. But again, the real story has to do with Reginald, Shayna, and Nia. Hopefully, Shayna and Nia go their separate ways. Reginald's done with this shit. Move him somewhere else. It's a good way. It is. It is a good way to get everything done and over with. Let's move Natty and Tamina into a spot where they can continue their march as tag champions. But again, have to elevate some competition. Because I think as fans of what this is we've wanted this more than anything and that's the actual women's tag division to mean something so have uh mandy and dana the riot squad whoever continue to build their worth within the tag division and and honestly create some fucking rivalries create some rivalries have have fucking riot squad versus this legacy couple be something have them do some uh, uh, Hardys versus Edge and Christian type shit. And and honestly, the two of them and the Dudleys, that shit only lasted like fucking two years. It wasn't a long time. Maybe three years. Okay, so you can have a, in, uh, a back and forth. The New Day and the Usos, they did it for like fucking five years of just, this is what we're building, this is what we're doing, this is how we go. And then let's say the New Day faces someone else, and then all of a sudden the fucking Usos come back around. Yeah, but y'all never beat us before. You know, shit like that. Have this be something. Build some rivalries. Who's going to be the Usos to this New Day? Let's do that. Let's get that. Why not? Why can't we have that? Uh, a couple more things to get into on Raw. Um, number one, um, the, the, the thing that got me in my little Twitter heat with, uh, you know... Some kid who was picked last for kickball 
who couldn't hit a home run out of his uh, Little League baseball field at 11 years old. Uh, shouts to you, you little shit stain. Um, if anybody wants to know what I'm talking about, just go back and look through my Twitter feed. Um, no names, no nothing, whatever is what it is. AJ Styles versus Jackson Riker. The comment that I had tweeted about was that AJ Styles should never lose to Jackson Riker no matter what. And then I had said something about whatever, go look at the Twitter feed. But it's basically everyone can lose to anyone as long as the story is being told. And this story being told makes a million percent sense that AJ Styles would lose to Jackson Riker. That's the point. Get yourself to buy in. AJ Styles lost to James Ellsworth three fucking times. Okay? Made sense every step of the way. How they made it happen. You bought into what was going on. So whatever the fuck's happening with AJ Styles and Jackson Riker, call it what you want. And then even these some of these motherfuckers were saying I was defending Jackson Riker. I don't know who the fuck he is. Okay? And, and shouts to Marsh and Kevlar. They were talking about him. And people, you know, that he has, whatever this in his real life. At the end of the day, what's on TV is what matters. I said this for, for uh, months about Velveteen Dream. He just got released. And supposedly, in his mind, he did nothing wrong. In the court of law, he's never gone. So we don't know if he's convicted or not. It is what it is, okay? My point is, I cannot judge what's on TV by what is not on TV. I don't know what Jackson Riker is about. I don't care if he wins or loses. I care what's on the screen in front of my face if it makes sense. So when Elias hits fucking AJ Styles and Jackson Riker gets the win, it makes sense. And then when Omos comes out and goes after Elias and Elias gets away and now we go, oh shit, I can't wait for AJ Styles and Omos to beat the shit out of Elias and Jackson Riker. Guess what? You just did a fucking baby face turn. That makes sense. So now Omos and AJ Styles need to get comeuppance on Elias and Jackson Riker. Why? Because they cheated to win. AJ Styles shouldn't have lost. He shouldn't have lost in storyline context. So don't fucking put your tweets out there like you're some fucking top dog and you know everything. No. Straight up. Did the story make sense? Yes. Then that's why Jackson Riker won. That's why. If your tweet said, hey, I'm pissed that Jackson Riker won. I really, I really knew AJ Styles should have. But even then, you had heel versus heel. Going into it, at the end of it, you now have a babyface team in Omos and AJ Styles. Imagine that. Job well done. And if you, as a fucking authenticator of wrestling, are going to put out information that shit like this doesn't matter, you're fucking foolish and people shouldn't pay attention to your shit. So you can call it a terrible wrestling take if you want. But the terrible wrestling take is that AJ Styles shouldn't lose to anybody at any point in time or what have you, regardless of race, religion, creed. Uh, political beliefs. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. None of that shit matters to me. Ever. It's who you are when we interact. My interactions with Jackson Riker are on TV. Who is he on TV? Do I like him? Do I not like him? Does he give me a reason to like him or him on TV? Guess what? I don't like him on TV. What Elias did to help him win? I didn't like that either. So what do I want? I want AJ for comeuppance. Ta-da! Babyface turn. Done. AJ and almost are babyface tag team because of Elias is cheating to win, helping Jackson Riker. That's why it happened. So when you, as a trusted source with a couple thousand followers, go, this shouldn't happen. No, it should. And you should be glad it happened because now we have AJ and almost as baby faces. Imagine that. Imagine that. Pro wrestling done well. And when trusted sources shit on it, it ruins it for the IWC. IWC members go, oh yeah, you're fucking right, you're fucking right. No, it's skewed opinions. 
You don't have to believe what I believe. But this is why it was done. I judge what's on TV. Why did it happen on TV? To get us to want AJ to win. Guess what? I want AJ to win. Why? He got fucked out of beating Jackson Riker. A guy in Jackson Riker who, as a singles wrestler, not that good. Who, as a singles wrestler, doesn't have many wins. But guess who he beat? AJ Styles. Who do I want to lose? Jackson Riker. Done. Mission accomplished. Mission fucking accomplished. That's what they did. You're welcome. You're welcome, fan base. Give me something to care about. Now you have it. Now you have it. It's fucking unbelievable that the entitlement, the entitlement that people have over something that fucking people love because it mostly nostalgia. How many kids watching are like, oh man, I can't wait until AJ Styles gets it. Oh man, almost didn't catch him at the end. That's the point. That's the point. Take what you see on TV and run with that. Stop overthinking this shit, fucking idiots. Two things left on uh, WWE. Uh, sorry, on Raw, as opposed to NXT, which may or may not get into. I don't know how I feel. I got fucking five minutes until 40 minutes on here. Um, I loved Jimmy Smith doing the UFC countdown style recap to what Finn and Cross was going to be. The hype was fucking legit. It was that UFC embedded style of this opponent's about that. And it was fucking phenomenal. If that's their use for Jimmy Smith, I am all in. He did it to a T when he came over to UFC. Everything he did with Bellator was top notch. He's a, a really good commentator. I'm actually surprised he didn't stick it out with UFC, whatever the contract happened. And honestly, because of the pandemic, I'm pretty sure he would have been cut anyway because of that. So um, at the end of the day, uh, UFC's loss is WWE's gain if he decides to stick around. Now, I didn't think about it until now. If he's the one to take over for Adnan, I don't know if I specifically like that. He is more the Rogan style where he can do play-by-play, but if he breaks down the move while it's happening, much better. So I don't think he's necessarily a leader of the booth. So we'll see what happens. Um, it, I mean, I can see them put in, putting them uh, putting uh, Jimmy Smith in there, uh, in the Adnan spot, in that center role. But he's not a leader of the booth. And that's something that you need. Tom Phillips. Tom Phillips, Brian Jackson, and Corey Graves was the team for a while that made more sense than anything else. And I would love to see it happen again. Last thing on Raw, the absolute gold mine of evolution. Evolution is top fucking notch. Evolution is nothing but positivity, excellence personified, uh, uh, philanthropy. She wants to give back because of all the success she created for herself. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. But guess what? Everybody hates her. Everybody hates her because of four years ago. Four years ago or three years ago, whatever it was, where she decided... Uh, to walk away or they released her whatever it was uh, I bought in when she was I believe it was Smackdown she was on and she kept with the she had wardrobe malfunction she had uh, she pulled a hammy getting down off a rope and they were doing this whole thing where she had this grand entrance but would never wrestle phenomenal right I was really buying into how shitbag of a heel she was because everyone says she can't wrestle well they're doing these vignettes where she's wa- uh, working out she's running the beach she's doing photo shoots she's telling you how much she cares about the little girls that look up to her it's fucking phenomenal. It is one million percent positivity, and everybody hates it. I cannot wait until she's on TV and finally gives you the reason to say, Eva Marie, fuck you. They are building a gold mine of heat. 
And for anyone who says, oh, will you release Mickey James to have Eva Marie? This is why. Illicit emotion. There's a complete disconnect with Mickey, Mickey James, especially for me. Mickey can wrestle, yes. Character work, never hit for me. Never wanted to see the match. But anyway, what we're getting out of Evolution is a gold mine. And when she does show up on TV, we are going to get awesomeness. I don't know what it's going to be. And look, it may, it may actually even bomb. I don't know. But as far as investment, there has been not one other besides Alexa. Honestly, no. No one who hasn't been wrestling regular besides Alexa Bliss that we've given a shit about. At least me on this side of the IWC is Eva. So, Evolution, shouts, appreciate you being here. I'm going to take some time before I do NXT. Um, I might do it later tonight. I might do it over the next couple of days. We'll see. Maybe I'll, I'll package it with SmackDown. But, thanks for listening to the Raw Recap. Let me hit you again with TWTakesPodcast.com for all audio platforms. TWTakesPodcast.com slash TWTs. Remember, there's now international shipping option. If you want just some regular shit like coasters or pins or stickers, whatever, just hit that $10 option to get you uh, 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 the shipping option for international. I don't care, worldwide, wherever the fuck it is. You, you, you want it in China, I'll send it to you. You want it in Japan, I'll send it to you. I'll show you, whatever. Hit that $10. If you want a t-shirt, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, a hundred, I don't care. Hit that option twice. Hit that option twice, and we'll get uh, the $20 added on for t-shirt shipping. I'll split the cost, I don't care. I just want you guys to have the merch in your hands uh, the t-shirts are dope. I wear them all the time. I kept one uh, in my size in each color. So I have all five colors that I wear all the time. Uh, they are what they are, man. They're simple t-shirts. They're priced accordingly. But the colors are dope. The design came out well. I'm really proud of them. I just want you guys to be able to wear them. So if you want that international shipping from the regular site, like I said, just add uh, the $10 option once for anything that's not t-shirt, whether it's pins, stickers, what have you, uh, coasters as well. Uh, if it is t-shirts, just add it twice and do $20 to help me out. Uh, it's basically splitting the cost to get it over the pond. Uh, so shout out to all the UK listeners out there, all the uh, European listeners, some Asian listeners as well, Australia shouts. Um, I fuck with y'all, man. I appreciate it. It's been phenomenal every single time. So I'm glad I was able to hop in here and do this. I'm trying to get in the, the dope-ass NXT that we had Tuesday night. Um, like I said, I may pack it with SmackDown. We'll see. Um, but right now, I actually got some things I got to tie up. Uh, outside of podcast land thank y'all for everything and you know how it goes so with that being said review if you do rate if you feel follow me at tw takes podcast on instagram and twitter share your terrible wrestling takes via my pinned tweet email me bishop takes at gmail.com until next time Thank you.